Welcome to the Renewed Church Podcast, where we have honest and authentic conversations surrounding Jesus and his mission. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the hosts of the podcast here, and this is a really special episode that we have today. This podcast is connected to our previous series, the Unity Series. We talked about how unity starts with you and that uh, one of the main things Jesus wanted for his church was for us to be unified and not just um, our local church and our and Renewed Church, but also kind of the global church, the capital C church, the church of Jesus Christ. And so on today's episode, we actually have a chance to hang out with Chris Mm -hmm. Shipley from Hope Mississauga. Welcome, Chris. Uh, Thanks. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Um, For those of you who don't know, uh, Hope is a very influential church uh, now in Mississauga, was in Brampton for many years, Mm -hmm. uh, and is now that big church building that you see when you're driving on the 401, just past, what is it, Winston Churchill there? Yeah, just right Um, right there. And so you guys have made that home. How many years has that been home for you guys now? Only two and a half. Yeah, okay. two and a half. The church started in 2009, in uh, September of 2009, up in Brampton. And then uh, back in 2018, we moved right there on the border between Mississauga and Brampton. That's right. 401. And uh, for those who are watching who are from Renewed Church, you would know that we have used the space a few times for yeah. Big Night Out. Um, yeah. One of them in particular during COVID, we've only had one in-person meeting during COVID. Wow. And it was in your guys' space. And wow. so yeah. thank you not only for being willing to rent the space to us, but also with yeah. all like the politics and the drama around this whole thing, you guys were still um, yeah. still believed in the necessity of the church to gather. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think what was so helpful for us when we were renting a school for the first uh, almost 10 years of our church life existence, uh, we just realized how hard it is for other churches that are renting different spaces, mm-hmm. particularly in COVID, where are they going to meet? And community is so important and face-to-face community. And so, yeah, we just wanted to make sure right from the very beginning of this COVID thing. I mean, the first couple of months, we had no idea what was going on. But then very soon after that, we're like, we just want to open up the building to as much as we can legally mm-hmm. to as many people as we can. And so, yeah, we were really glad to be able to make the space available to you guys. Yeah. And not only did you make it available to us, I don't know if we even talked about this publicly to maybe to our church, but um, you guys not only made it available, but you made it affordable. And that was actually something we Mm. deeply appreciated. Mm. Um, You know, you know, as a portable church, you're looking for space that can meet your need, but is also not going to blow your budget, right? right? And you can right. find space if you want to rent a conference center right? Uh, or even other churches around kind of rent their space for what market value would be. And you right. guys really didn't have that posture and mindset towards us. You guys were very kingdom focused yeah. and uh, were very generous in not only allowing us to rent, but what you were allowing us to rent it for. And so we Good. always appreciated that. And that's that encouraging. Really us. Yeah. yeah, that's encouraging. It's, <laughs> it's definitely not a money-making adventure or anything like that. It's really a opportunity to serve the local church and the local churches around us. We, it's a space. And yeah, again, we just know what it's like to rent mm. and to engage with, uh, landlord, you know, whether it's a school or a theater or a convention center. And, and so we just wanted to make it affordable. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged. Well, we appreciate that. Why don't we, why don't I get to ask you a little bit about your life? Because yeah. you are a pastor at Hope Church. Mm-hmm. What's your role? Cause some people yeah. may not know your role there. Some people don't realize how long you have been connected to that church. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you? So people are familiar with you. Uh, my wife and I, we kind of grew up in the London area. And then most recently before moving to Brampton uh, for the church plant, we were coming from the Ottawa area. Okay. And um, we have lived in Brampton for the last 12 years. And my 
my role has changed over that time. You know, with the church plant, your initial role is uh, whatever it is right. that needs to get done. And then over the years, it's been more and more specified to now where I oversee um, global sending, which is really missions mm -hmm. and biblical counseling. So, um, so I'm one of the elders, but then focusing on the missions and counseling aspect. Right. And you're saying you've been there from the start of the plant, right? Yeah, that's right. There was a core group that were, they were meeting from our church, uh, the church that planted us, our parent church, mm -hmm. Hope Oakville. Uh, they were meeting for about a year ahead of time, just praying and planning. And so I wasn't able to be a part of that, but we were commuting from Ottawa for about a month or a month and a half, just coming down, wow. got to be a part of a prayer. Yeah, we made a whole weekend of it. And, uh, but then we were able to be there that first Sunday and then eventually moved down a month weeks later. And so, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, at Renew Church, people who come to Renew Church know that we're into church planning. We believe in multiplication. We yeah. believe that we need to start new churches in neighborhoods in order to reach people mm -hmm. incarnationally right. and geographically. And you guys have always been about that and you're still that's about right. that, which we love. Are you, you guys recently planted somewhere? Yeah. So we were a part of a church plant in the uh, North Toronto area, right. uh, Dufferin Lawrence area uh, called Hope Church Toronto North. And so Pastor Marvin McCoody That's is right, the Marvin. new pastor there. And so, yeah, it's been really great. Uh, again, no one anticipated uh, seven months after the church plant that COVID would hit. Um, but yeah, it's been a great, great group that have continued to be able to meet in different spots. Now they've been able to um, kind of use our building as well on Saturdays and uh, so yeah, it's been, that's been a passion of ours right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, we even hesitated moving into a building because of uh, just the different funding allocations mm -hmm. that we wanted to make sure that the funds were going to the church plan. And it wasn't by accident that the night of the information of learning about this building becoming available at a, a price that we could afford, it was the night that we had gathered for um, as members to pray and commission the church plan. Oh, wow. And so we just thought like, Lord, you allowed us to send first before allowing um, a facility to become available. I love so, that. Yeah. That's so cool. You don't, I don't even know if you realize this, but when I was in, I think junior high or maybe high, early high school, okay. I went to a couple of hope, um, uh, the winter retreats that, that they would do. Yeah. And Marvin McCudi, I think was brand new to like the youth leadership team. Yes, and he was yeah. just like the coolest guy. Yeah. I would have been some young teenager who didn't really know him. He didn't really know me. But then to see like however many years later being involved in ministry the way I am and then seeing him mm. being sent as a, as a planter, I right. just think that's so cool to have those yeah. connections and to just be a part of that kind mm -hmm. of geographically. We know a lot of stuff that's going on in the church world around us. We're always reading up on different churches all over the place. But I think one of the things that we struggle with, mm -hmm. and I don't know what your experience has been with this, but mm -hmm. my experience has been like, it's easier for me to keep up with what the rest of our fellowship is doing in the States yeah. than it sometimes is to be paying attention to what the church is doing locally. Yeah, it's down the road. And, uh, and I think we've wrestled with that. I don't know if you guys have any positive or negative experiences yeah. with with unity between not just mm -hmm. hope churches, because there's great unity there, mm -hmm. um, but churches that may not have the name hope or yeah. may not come from the same background or may not think the same way theologically, but are still the church right. and are geographically based. Like, have you guys yeah. had positive experiences with that? Some negative experiences and unity amongst the local church like that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, even moving to our current location, um, we wanted to reach out to 
several evangelical churches in the area mm -hmm. just to let them know uh, we are hoping to move into the area, but at the same time, we want to be a support and encouragement to you. It's not something that we're trying to uh, sheep steal or anything mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And what it led to is some great conversations. We had already made some connections while we were in Brampton with some churches in the Peel region, but this allowed us to connect with a lot more um, Mississauga Milton uh, right, oriented right. churches. So that was really great. And, uh, and I think us moving into that location caused some, some conversations that needed to be had mm -hmm. and some great clarification so that now like on a monthly basis, I, I usually will connect with one of the local pastors in the area to pray, uh, to encourage each other in the ministry. Uh, and they're all from different denominations. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's been really, it's been really encouraging. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's been different times where uh, there's been, you know, examples where it hasn't gone as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's been times where that we've contributed to that, whether through miscommunication or not, um, not being, not taking the initiative. And that, that's why I love this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was really great to meet you back in the spring, I think it was of 2020. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then you just followed up and took the initiative and we had a great coffee, uh, in the summer, I believe. Yeah, and I, I just find that is so important to, that those initial steps, taking the initiative and reaching out and being able to, to talk, get to know each other. It's so easy to stay in your own closet yeah. and, and assume something about someone. It's totally different to actually then sit down with them grab a coffee and ask them all sorts of questions. And yeah. so that's what I love. That's why I love being here. Yeah. Well, I, we appreciate you being here. I, I agree with you. I think one of the things that we struggle with is we have fear of things that we don't know and we yes. fear people we don't know. Right. And, and, and particularly we're skeptical of our own people. We're at least the church I find mm -hmm. we're, we're sometimes less skeptical of the, of the skeptic or of the secular person mm -hmm. because we kind of type past them and don't have the same expectations of them as we do a brother or sister mm -hmm. in Christ. True. But I feel like sometimes I'm more skeptical about churches in the neighborhood or other pastors or other Christians who, yeah. who I might think a certain way about them because I'm not familiar with them. I don't know them. I don't have a relationship mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. And so that fear there creates a disunity. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the antidote to that fear is just sitting down and having right. coffee and you're like, oh, it's not that bad. Oh, the thing you think isn't that crazy. Right. Oh, okay, we disagree, but but you still love Jesus. I can right. see that now. I yeah. don't have to, I don't have to be skeptical of that. I don't have to question that. Yes. yes. And I think just doing this together <laughs> is so a true. means, is a means to doing that. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we talked about in our unity series, uh, we quoted Martin Lloyd Jones, who you, you would be familiar yep. with, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, he was a theologian from kind of the mid uh, 20th century mm -hmm. in, uh, in Europe. And he did a lot of work in, during the ecumenical movement there yeah. where there was a, a desire for churches to kind of be united, mm -hmm. but there was all the questions around how do we unite or what do right. we unite around or right. what's the line? Right. Do, do, where do we draw the line of these people we have fellowship with and these people we don't have fellowship right. with, right. which is part of the conversation we're always having when we're talking about unity, right? We mm -hmm. can, we can be brothers cause we, we, we yeah. share s similar theology and we agree yeah. on the, on the, on the main things and the primary things. Right. But can you even have unity with somebody who, hmm. you know, for example, denies the deity of Christ, right? These right. are the questions that right. are, that they were wrestling with. And exactly. one of the things he talked about um, a lot in his writing is that um, theological alignment, or at least some level of theological alignment, is necessary yeah. for unity in the body mm -hmm. of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think we'd all agree on that. I think where we tend to fall short is is disagreeing on what 
uh, is primary <laughs> and what's not, right? Right, right, uh, and right. So we wrestle with that. But can you speak into that? The um, kind of the the idea that theological alignment or mutual theological understanding is a, is a necessity for unity mm-hmm. in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, can and you where we draw that? some of those lines? Yeah, yeah. where you would draw those lines? Yeah. I was really really helped by an article by Dr. Albert Moeller on theological triage. Mm-hmm. So just as you go into a hospital and they try to triage and assess, like, is this a fatal wound mm-hmm. or is this like you know? A hangnail. And so we're trying to also do that and apply that model to theology. And not that, you know, some parts of the Bible are important and others aren't. Mm-hmm. They're all significant. They're all important. It's all inspired. And yet there's a different weight on those doctrines. And so uh, in that article, it talks about putting kind of three main buckets of primary, secondary, and tertiary doctrines. Hmm. And what we're talking about, first order doctrines, like what are the things you have to believe just to have the label Christian, to be a born again believer? Mm -hmm. And uh, thankfully we don't have to come up with that. That's been all throughout (laughs) church history (laughs) with council's creeds and the clarifications on, you know, things like the Trinity. Uh, Do you believe uh, one God and three persons eternally existing? Um, the person of Christ being fully God and fully man, uh, him accomplishing atonement on the cross, Mm -hmm. uh, those kinds of things, like those are non-negotiables. And then, so in order to believe those things, you become a Christian. To deny any one of those things is really then to put yourself outside of orthodoxy. Mm -hmm. But when we move into, say, like secondary doctrines, now you're talking about things where two believers can disagree on... Mm -hmm. And uh, they can still call each other brother and sister in Christ, but the doctrine that is being in question here is of such significance, it would prevent them from actually being a part of the same church Hmm. or the same denomination. Mm -hmm. Like for example, uh, baptism. Mm -hmm. Um, See how my Presbyterian and uh, Methodist brothers would understand uh, baptism, what it is and how it gets practiced would be different than my Pentecostal and Baptist brothers. Mm-hmm. And so we can call them brothers and sisters and yet not be part of the same church because of its implications and how it's practiced. Mm-hmm. Uh, tertiary stuff would be like, uh, when is Jesus coming back? You <laughs> right. know, like, you know, the whole eschatologies. But I think it's helpful to know whether Jesus is coming back, that's actually a primary doctrine. Mm-hmm. So he is coming back. I have to believe that he is returning visibly and glorious, gloriously. And yet on the timing, that is now a tertiary doctrine. Mm-hmm. And so you can get on the same topic, different parts that are primary, different parts that are tertiary. Mm-hmm. And it's helpful to think in those concentric circles because mm-hmm. we're able then, I think it frees us really to be able to engage on unity wisely mm-hmm. saying, here are the things that we are unified on. Let's celebrate that. And then let's, let's unite in as, insofar as we're able to on those things. Right. I would even go so far as, as we think about outside of just within orthodoxy. And I think this is a helpful conversation, even in our own day mm-hmm. is what would we even unite on with people outside of the even our Christian conversation, say with Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, are there things that we would be able to agree on, say on typically ethical issues Mm -hmm. um, that come up? And so again, what I think Dr. Lord-Jones was talking about is you just need to be really specific on what what is it that you're coming together about and then what's the goal? And so... Um, once that gets defined, then we can work with those. I think that triage. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the, practically, you can't have a baptism serves. Well, I guess you 
potentially could. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen one. Yeah. But where 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 infant baptism is is practiced as well as believers' baptism is practiced, and there's right. two really competing rules. Like you can it that would be bizarre and awkward and weird to have those things present at the same time in the same fellowship or in yeah. the same yeah. gathering, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's you, you're divided because you're practically you can't do both, or you don't stand with both necessarily. Right. Unless of course you do, right. but um, but for some people who don't, right? Yeah. that's hard to practice. But you can yeah. you can serve at a soup kitchen together because you both believe that right. Jesus has called us to be the hands and feet of God, and yeah. that's that's obvious. That's and we right. can do that stuff together. Right. We can be united in yeah. those kinds of things together. That's so, a great example. Yeah, that's 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 really helpful to paint those pictures and uh, uh, in the, in the in those circles, right? You're, to think of it mm. in a way that we can be unified, even when people like you're saying outside of orthodoxy, we can mm-hmm. be un- we can be unified with them on some issues like serving yeah. your community and like you said, some ethical issues, some moral issues, some political yeah. things as well. You can do that. Yeah. It's not going to be the perfect unity that Jesus called us to. Now, right. how do you, how do you wrestle with that then? Cause that's what I wrestle with is there seems to be a standard for unity mm. that Jesus called us to. Mm-hmm. There also seems to be some room in the new Testament for Apollos teaching or Paul's teaching. There seems to be a little bit of room there for like, mm. well, expression or context right. Right. maybe. Right. Um, but how do you strive towards like the the unity that Jesus calls us to, which seems to be like fully unified, or yeah. or yeah. or that's what we would think would be the ideal is perfectly unified and right. perfect unity. Right. At the same time, as celebrating celebrating differences. Yeah. Celebrating. Um, yeah. A diversity. Well, I think I'm helped by that passage in Romans 12:18 that says, "In so far as possible, be at peace with all people." Mm. And so I'm striving all the time. Uh, with not only people in my own church or even people within our own kind of tribe of our own association, denomination, but even beyond that saying, like you said, like getting to know them, not, not assuming, not making speculative assumptions of them, but really getting to know them and then seeking the greatest degree of unity possible. Mm -hmm. And, um, and of course I find because we're always learning and changing, some of that is a bit fluid. So right. where a person or a church is at one point, five, 10 years down, they, they may have shifted a bit. Right, right. And to have a conversation of like, are you aware of that shift? And so, um, but yeah, I think it is very, I, just to keep coming back on the initiative taking, mm. it is so easy to just uh, step back and make assumptions rather mm-hmm. than really being proactive and, um, and having those conversations mm. and not being afraid to say, yeah, this is how, insofar as we understand, we're trying to, we're all trying to be faithful. As long right, as we're right. opening our Bible and saying, okay, according to this verse, I think this is what it means. And we're mm-hmm. trying to live according to it. Right. Great. You need to live according to your conscience. You mm-hmm. need to be, but you know, Romans 14, Paul's saying you need to live according to your conscience. And yet maybe your conscience needs to be informed. Mm-hmm. And so you're always open. You're always learning. You're always wanting to understand. So how did you get there? Can you explain to me how you arrived there? Cause maybe I've missed something. Mm. So there's a teachability there. And I think that needs to be a, a clear understanding of your convictions, being able to state them, but a, a teachability as well to say, but, but I'm always learning. I, I haven't arrived. None of us are right. perfect. And right. so those, that, that kind of demeanor always needs to be in the conversation. No, I appreciate that. Actually, I picked up some of that from a guy named Michael Sherman. He's like the leader of like the skeptic magazine or something like that. Okay. I'm a total atheist, right? Yeah. But yeah. one of the things he did say that I was like, yeah, that's profound and thoughtful and we need that yeah. is kind of one of, I think it was like one of three things will happen if in a conversation with someone, if you engage in a conversation, either, either you'll learn something that you didn't know before. Mm-hmm. 
that's good because you learned something you didn't know before. Um, And you will maybe adjust your thoughts or position on something or loosen up your thoughts and position on something, which is good if it's bringing you closer to what's true. Right. Um, You also might learn how you are more correct in something, or you might mm-hmm. be able to hear from somebody and it might confirm some things in you and it'll give you a confidence in certain things that you you actually might be closer to truth on right. than they are. But it, it's only beneficial. It's only helpful yeah. to you if you can learn those things. And then, you know, obviously what we yeah, all want is to be in the position of truth and convince somebody else <laughs> right. of something that's more true, right? right. And that's right. loving. But in, in, in order to get there, you need to have relationship. You need to have conversation. Yeah. You need to yeah. have peace. I like that you, talked about striving towards peace and that peace really when we think about unity we should consider mm. peacefulness as mm-hmm. unity. It doesn't mean we worship together in the same sanctuary right. it doesn't mean we practice the same you know sac- the sacraments in the same way right but having peace amongst one another mm-hmm. you're saying is kind of the means to being able to grow in those kind of ways so that's that's excellent that's that's really rich i appreciate that that's great um i had a question for you about equipping our congregations for greater unity because uh, i find that you know, we're renewed church and we talk about renewed church and we talk about the things we're doing and we we have the series that we're doing and we're starting Mm. and we want people to be on board with that. And we want people to buy in because we believe it's good. We Mm -hmm. believe it's led by the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We know that hope or another church around the corner is saying true things. They're focusing on something different Mm -hmm. in a certain season. They might have a different emphasis. They might be doing different community initiatives. And I'm constantly wrestling with like, I want, I want the people who are part of our church to, to, to buy into what we're calling them to do because we believe Jesus is asking us to call them to do that. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I don't want them to be rejecting or be, um, kind of skeptical of what the other church is doing or what they're Mm. participating in or think of that as any less. Like I want them to be equipped to act as the body of Christ, not just equipped to fly the renew flag. Mm -hmm. I want to equip them to fly Mm -hmm. the Jesus flag and be a part of the local body of Christ and participate with the local Mm -hmm. body of Christ as much as I want them to participate with the renew local body of Christ. You know what I mean? Have you found a way to equip people in your church Hmm. to not just think the right way, but be active Mm -hmm. in what the, what the body of Christ is doing locally? Yeah. Not just what hope is doing or not just what renew is doing locally. Yeah. That's a great question. Yeah. A few different things come to mind. So we will, we will try to pray for, uh, different churches and lead Hmm. pastors that we know are preaching that Sunday morning. Uh, in our area. And so uh, COVID, uh, in the last year, I don't know if we've done as good of a job on that, but uh, that that helps our people be aware of, oh, they know them by name. Mm. And not just that we're aware of them, but we actually want them to grow. We want the best for them. Mm. And we're praying, God, God, let the gospel be faithfully preached. Let people be edified. Let the let more and more people who don't know you come to know you through those ministries. Hmm. Um, and so that's good for our people to hear that. And then for us to also be doing these kind of interactions and then letting our church know about them mm. as well. Mm-hmm. I was just uh, talking to our elders and a few other people in our church that I'm like, hey, I'm just on my way uh, to talk with Andrew about this. And uh, can you pray? And they were so encouraged. Mm. And they're like, let us know how it goes. And so we'll just point them to the link. Mm. But um, but yeah, just letting people be aware of that. And then also inviting uh, people mm. to come um, to do different events at our church, to even preach at our church, just lots of, if there's opportunities for that kind of cross pollination mm-hmm. and then to be able to celebrate that, not to, not to, um, 
I think it's important for our people to realize that we're not trying to be Renew and Renew is not trying to be us mm -hmm. because we're, we, we each play a different role in the body of Christ, mm -hmm. meeting and, and really being able to touch base with people in our community that we, we may miss or you may miss. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to just celebrate, like look at what God is doing over there. Look mm -hmm. at that kind of unique coming together of those personalities and that gift set and, and just that church itself. Mm -hmm. And to be able to celebrate that and not feel like we're trying to compete or what are they offering that we're not offering, mm -hmm. but to really enjoy and celebrate, like, look at what God's doing there. That's so unique. Praise God. How mm -hmm. can we help that? How can we come alongside and celebrate that? Now I know as a leader, I wrestle with that. And the mm -hmm. truth is like, and I think it's, I think it's helpful for people to know, like there's still the human side to us. There's still the yeah. flesh, right? There's yeah. still like yeah. ideal. That's all good. Mm. There's still part of you. Like if somebody, you know, in our church shares a hope live stream and doesn't share a renewed church live stream, there's still part of you goes, are they with us anymore? Right. Do we lose right, them? Right. And like, there's that, that's always present. I don't know what you do to mitigate that or to wrestle with that in your own heart other than yeah. pray it away. But like, that's, yeah. that's so real and it's honest and people, I think it's helpful for people to know. Yeah, we wrestle with that because we're humans yes. and we have a flesh and we're controlled by that. And the church is organic, but it's also a structure and it's also mm -hmm. an organization that, you know, part of your job is like discipling people. And part mm -hmm. of it is like maintaining some sort of like organizational unity and growth and right. sustainability, right? right? Right. And there's all these competing things. I don't yes. know if you, what do you do as a pastor yeah. to wrestle with that in the, in the healthy right way? Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, when you feel it starting to kind of. Yep. Yeah. Oh. And I think to deal with it as a Christian in any way that you would deal with a, as a Christian about any topic in which there is a growing fear, mm. a fear that is beginning to tempt me not to trust the Lord in this. Mm. And so, like you said, I really do need to cast this upon the Lord and be really specific about what I'm actually casting on the Lord. I'm, God, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that maybe the church will start dwindling in numbers. Maybe um, people will leave us and, and I'm not just concerned for the church, I would be personally hurt. I would feel a level of rejection. Yeah. Um, and just talking openly to the Lord about those things, because he already knows. <laughs> right, right. You know, there's no spoiler alert. He knows what's going on. And so it's actually for my benefit as I cast those things in prayer upon him, I'm reminded of the gospel again and saying, Lord, this is your church. These are your people. You've gifted me in these areas, but not in these areas. Mm -hmm. And that's on purpose. And that's for my good. And that's for the good of the church. And our church is gifted in these areas um, and maybe not strong in other areas. And that's on purpose. And that's for these people's mm -hmm. good. And so you're, you can put your sheep anywhere you want. And so it's just a, it's an opportunity for me to prayerfully reorient myself in a renewed, surrendered position. Yeah. That's so helpful for me in just getting things right again. Um, I like your focus on gift mix too. I like that um, because we, you know, we want to assume like, oh, anything they can do, we can do better, right? Right, right. And you think, oh, if, if we're not doing it as good, we just need to work harder and do it better. Yeah. And I love that you're emphasizing, actually, no, like God has placed certain people with certain gift mix on a certain yeah. team to do a certain Amen. role in the body of Christ. And yeah. they're gifted to do that well in the way they're doing it. Yes. And, and you're not. You're actually yes. gifted to do other things well, and we can celebrate that yes. rather than compete against it, rather than look across and, and think, well, what do I got to do to, yeah. to have those gifts? Oh, you just don't have them. They're not right. from you. You don't have that mix on your staff. You don't have that mix on exactly. your team. You don't exactly. have that mix in your church. You don't have those resources and that's okay. Yeah. Celebrate it yeah. as a unique gift mix that's going to reach a unique people and disciple right. people in a special and necessary 
and God ordained yeah. way. Amen. I love that. Amen. That's so good. I know one. I know one pastor. He's he's serving right now uh, an aging church, local church. They're being faithful in their neighborhood, but mm. just the demographics as an older community. Well, he's not going to be doing some of the things we're doing. Right. He's not. I mean, he's not sending out like tweets or he's not doing Instagram <laughs> updates or anything like that right. because he's lit- he's trying to love not only his the church that God's entrusted him with, but also really taking a wise assessment of the community he's in. And so he doesn't feel like he's got to do everything that other people are doing. Mm-hmm. That is such a gospel freeing way to approach uh, ministry, to mm-hmm. approach life. Mm-hmm. Uh, even as Christians, not comparing ourselves to one another, but able to celebrate, wow, I'm not gifted at that but I'm so glad you are like, mm-hmm. that is really a blessing to me and to many others, I'm sure. Mm. And I think when we have that kind of approach, it's so freeing, mm. it's so freeing. I love, like we'll visit different churches. I grew up in the country. Right. And so different uh, churches, not only throughout Ontario, we spent some time in the States a little bit and visiting different churches, the context, the type of members, the age, the experience, you're trying to shepherd them. We're all, we're all trying to help people get to heaven, right? Mm-hmm. We're all trying to lead people to Jesus, mm-hmm. whether through salvation or ongoing perseverance mm-hmm. and growth. And it's going to look different in different spots and different contexts. And that is important to realize and then to be able to celebrate. Sometimes you can go to a place and say, why aren't you doing this? Mm. Or why aren't you doing it this mm-hmm. way? I mean, all of us are doing it this way now. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's so mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. You're putting all this false burden and guilt mm-hmm. on uh, a pastor that is really being way more faithful in that community than if I were to show up and bring all my kind of ideas. Yeah. Well, actually this week I was, we were having a conversation with the team and we were watching another live stream of a, a fairly large and significant church in the GTA. Mm. And we were, we were looking at it going, why, why aren't they doing that better? Like what's going, why, what's mm. wrong? Like, can't we know they could do this better? They have the resources and we were getting frustrated thinking they're missing out on opportunity. They're getting they're, mm. you know what I mean? Like we were wrestling with that, honestly, right, we were wrestling right. with that. And the posture we want to take is, or should probably take is, can we do anything to help? Can we do anything to mm. offer our gifts and right. our abilities and our talents in order to elevate what they're doing or assist in it or care right. for them in any kind of way? And mm-hmm. if, we, if we can't, then we'd probably just go, well, leave it to the Lord, right? right. Like trust that the Lord's <laughs> got this. Right. That's right. But maybe if we can, maybe that's step number two is, yeah. is not just celebrate the difference, but like see the gaps and where you can actually right. help with the gaps, which is something that you guys have had a posture of, especially moving into this new space. Mm. It's kind of the posture you guys have taken. Yeah. Is there other stuff that you guys are, or you particularly personally or hope church steps that you're taking in the direction of bringing unity to the local body of Christ mm. here in whatever area you call this, the West North yeah. West end of Mississauga, <laughs> Brampton ish, Milton ish. Like what, are there yeah. steps you're wanting to take or that you are taking mm-hmm. to create more unity amongst the churches other than what you've already talked about? Yeah. Again, I think a lot of it's relational. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's one thing to be able to send an email out to say, Hey, I got your name off your website mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. would love to meet with you. But then it's actually meeting, actually mm-hmm. getting to know them. And, and some people are interested. Some people aren't. Uh, but I think that is just taking the proactive posture of wanting to get to know people. Um, and build that relationship. Mm. And then from that relationship, I think ideas come uh, like mm. this, mm. you know? Um, so yeah, we're pretty new. Like again, uh, COVID keeps coming up. Right. But yeah, we were in the building for maybe like 15, 18 months or so before COVID hit. And uh, we're able to make several 
connections in the area, but not as many as we hoped, you mm -hmm. know, and, mm -hmm. and that's something that we're still wanting to, to build on. And right now, a lot of it, I still connect, you know, virtually with some people and are getting introduced to some others virtually, but it would be great to meet like this, mm -hmm. you know, face to face. It would be. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any advice that you would have for our church, for Renewed Church, that you would say mm -hmm. as somebody who's a part of Hope Church, who's a leader at Hope Church, this is what we want you to know so that you can actually have greater unity with me, with us, with our church. Mm. Is there something that you would encourage our church in addition to what you've already shared with us to say, look, know this about us, know this about me. Yeah. And this is this kind of posture will take produce unity. Is there anything to add? Yeah. Mm. Just in the fact that we, we love you guys. Mm. Yeah. We are really excited with, I think you guys are particularly gifted with creativity mm. and holding on like moored to orthodoxy, but thinking, okay, how do we creatively uh, adapt to this current situation, whether it's COVID or uh, the technology, like just being here this morning, I've been mm -hmm. just so impressed with how you guys have taken what you have and have made like a hundredfold mm. of its uh, fruit that's come from it. I just think, wow, there's so much for us to learn. And so, yeah, that would be just something to, to just celebrate. Um, we pray for you guys. Mm. We are so glad that you've been able to use the building at least once, with, mm -hmm. um, but it's open anytime. Yeah, we just been. We just want you to know, like, we are in this together. Mm. Uh, we are like cousins, mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. um, let's. Yeah, I'm just excited to see what the Lord continues to bring about in the future as just opportunities to partner on on different things, um, ideas that I'm pretty sure you'll come up with. You guys are so creative. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, to, to kind of wrap things up, I did want to, we had talked about this um, when I first hung out with you, I think. I, I had a history of kind of growing up in the neighborhood and right. being a part of church stuff. Yeah. And uh, there, there was a season where quite a few f close friends of mine and close family members, people who are part of our church family, kind of left our church family and went in, uh, to be a part of Hope or what was Harvest at the time. Right, and, right. Uh, and some things were positive about it. Some things were negative about right, it. Right, And that's always lived with me. And we talked about this yeah. so I can talk about it freely. Yeah. Um, it it kind of it, it, it ate me up. It created this negative taste towards what you guys, the body of Christ, who are, are yeah. called by God to do work, yeah. were doing, it kind of it gave me a, kind of a negative attitude towards it for, for many years. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't till more recently actually hanging out with, first I hung out with Ted, yeah. and then hanging out with you where I started to really understand, and, and I want to talk about post you know, somebody who is kind of leading culture, right? Right. right. Um, you guys have you guys have not only done a great job at at connecting with other churches and being present, being uh, available in relationship and stuff like that, but but I really started to connect with um, what you guys are about, and that mm. you guys are really about discipleship, mm -hmm. and you do an excellent job of it. Hmm. And there's so many people I meet from Hope that I I'm blown away. By, by their spiritual maturity hmm. and their theological depth. Like there's so oh, many people God. I run into from hope that sometimes I'm like, I used to assume like, oh, they're going to be this kind of person. They're going to think this. <laughs> and then I would interact with them and I'd be like, wow, this person loves the word of God. They know their scripture. Hmm. They deep, they'll sit for an hour and listen to it exegeted, <laughs> like two verses. They'll, they'll just sit and listen to the exegesis and they love it. They eat it up. Yeah. They're reading their Bible all the time. They're quoting scripture all the time. Hmm. And uh, part of me used to be bugged by that, mm. honestly, growing up a little mm -hmm. bit because of some of the negative stuff. And yeah. I've grown to actually yeah. like be amazed by it and honor it and love it. I, I'm mm. blown away by mm. the depth of discipleship that you guys do wow. at Hope and, uh, and how you guys are actually able to equip your 
congregants, your church, uh, with the word of God mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the Lord. through through studying scriptures and, and, and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. keep doing that. Thank don't you. stop it and don't be, sometimes I can imagine you'd be discouraged because I'm a creative guy and when I see someone do something more creative than me, I want to drop what I'm doing and go do the cool fun <laughs> thing. And sometimes the not cool fun thing to do yeah. is yeah. the real raw discipleship yeah. in the word, right? right <laughs> like sometimes right. it's not the flashy thing, Yeah, yeah. Um, but it pays. And, uh, and we all learn from you guys in that. And mm. we're all constantly uh, motivated and inspired to push back in that positive direction of deeper discipleship yeah. because of the way that you guys have led mm. um, the church locally, yeah. uh, the body of Christ locally Thanks, in that. So yeah. keep doing that. We support it. We love it. We believe in it. <laughs> All right. That's encouraging. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for being here, Chris. This is oh, a lot of fun. Joy. Yeah. It and has been. Uh, it has we been. hope that people get a chance to watch this and share it around if you guys want to, yeah. if you find it helpful to you. And uh, we'd love to hear back from you. If you have any comments or anything that you want to add to the conversation, please feel free to do that. You can do that on the YouTube channel. You can send us a message. You can send me an email. You can probably send Chris an email. Yeah. We'll put that stuff up so people will be able to see your contact if that's okay. And yeah. they can always get in touch with you. And uh, and we'd love to hear from you if, if it's helpful to you. So that's great. Thanks again, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Love it. Yeah.